Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. Welcome, everybody. Uh, my name is Jim Jansen. Welcome to the EquipCast. I am your host, and I am really, uh, really excited to introduce you to our guest today, uh, Myrna Cheech Price. Uh, Myrna, we met, gosh, and I think Deacon, Deacon Gregorio Elizade uh, introduced us, uh, I don't know, about a year, two years ago, maybe. Uh, we had some, some conversations, and we had a chance to work together for the pastoral conference, and uh, that was so much fun. I, th- I thought, okay, we need to get together and have a longer, longer conversation. Marina, thanks for, for thanks for being with us today. How are you? Yeah, no, thank you so much, Jim, for the invitation. Um, I'm doing great, and I'm super blessed just to be able to be a part of this podcast. Um, I'm excited, and I yeah, I've been I've been excited since the invitation. So thank you again for for the invitation. Well, I so let's tell everybody what what we're talking about today. So by way of, of introduction, again, we met. Some of you might some of, some of our listeners might recognize. Uh, your voice uh, from the uh, the pastoral conference twenty twenty one, but Myrna, you are uh, live in Norfolk, mom, wife, mother, bilingual, and you're a member of an ecclesial movement. Which for you know if that if that language sounds a little bit right, ecclesial is just it's just a a group of people in the church who feel drawn to a particular. Uh, way of life and kind of a, a common gifting of the spirit to be church together. Uh, I love these movements. Some of some of our, I know almost all of our listeners are familiar with Father James Mallon from Divine Renovation. Uh, and he talks about, not many, I think, would know this, but when he talks about the work that he did in his parish and starting the Divine Renovation Network, what inspired him was the fruit and the life that he saw in these various movements in the church. In the English-speaking world, there's not as many. Uh, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students focus, um, CEC, which is actually originally, uh, I think, a, a Latin American movement, Curcio, and uh, here in the Archdiocese of Omaha is, is known as CEC. Communion Liberation, again, originally Italian, but that's, it has some momentum in the United States, and there's, a, uh, there's often a lot of English-speaking groups. There's a ton, though, of ecclesial communities in the Spanish-speaking world. So that's what we want to talk about today, because there is something incredibly beautiful, and in many ways, the making of disciples or the intentional moments of what we would call a clear path of discipleship show up in like right par excellence in these movements. So before we dive in, Myrna, tell everybody a little bit about your faith journey, like who you are, when you encountered Jesus. Yeah. So um, first of all, just to kind of get started, I know you already said my name, but just wanted to share my full name is actually Mirna Alejandra Cheech Price. So, but you can call me Myrna or Mirna. I will answer most of the time anyway. <laughs> but- well, and fun story, you're your, your mother shares the same name, right? Yep. Yep. Her and name and is- you work at the same place. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so what, what if you goes by Myrna and one of them goes by Myrna, right? Yep. Just to try and <laughs> keep people from being confused. I love that. I think yes, that's, yes. that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And so actually, yeah, my parents are, um, they, they were born in Mexico. They are Mexican. And I was born in Texas, um, actually just like five minutes, right. Um, across the border of Mexico. So, uh, I was, Born in the United States, however, I spent some time in Mexico with them when I was little. And Mm. in the Mexican tradition is always to baptize their children, even if if they're not 
practicing Catholics. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so I was baptized when I was little, just because of that Mexican tradition. But, um, unfortunately that was the only sacrament I I ever received until I Mm -hmm. was in my adult life. Wow. Yeah. And so kind of just to tell you a little bit before my first encounter with Jesus, just wanted to share a little bit of kind of my story, where I was at that moment in, in my life and kind of how it started since I was young just because um, I had that that feeling of loss of sense of belonging, you could say, since I was growing up because my mm-hmm. parents were teaching me this Mexican culture. However, mm-hmm. society, my community um, was teaching me an American culture. And so I was struggling between how, like, who am I? How do I live my life? Yeah. And um, a quick example is Thanksgiving. So growing up, you know, in, in school, they talk about Thanksgiving. And so we would have Thanksgiving offer, um, obviously, here in the United States. And so my parents at first, they just they didn't really know what to do. So we would have we would celebrate Thanksgiving by having a traditional Mexican food, um, something like pozole or menudo or something like that, tamales, tamales. So then I remember when I was maybe 13, 14, we actually had turkey for Thanksgiving. (laughs) So, I mean, it just kind of, you know, shares a little bit of how I wasn't learning really straight Mexican culture or an American culture, but a blended culture. And um, so a lot of the times I think we forget that there's that third culture that, um, you know, individuals or young adults or um yeah the children of of those uh mexican uh immigrants that that immigrate to to the united states have and so or live and um so yeah i am the oldest of three and i've always been this very shy reserved person so um again just kind of tells you a little bit about me where i was at before so i I, at 23, I had struggled a lot in life. Like I said, just finding my own identity and I was very reserved and very shy. And so it was very hard for me to ever get out of my comfort zone and Mm -hmm. ask questions. Like I, I rarely did that. I remember Mm -hmm. maybe handful of times that I would leave my comfort zone and just ask any question. And so at 23, I was, I had made some really bad decisions in my life that kind of just uh, directed me to, to this moment where I was. And I was a, a single mom. I was a college dropout. I was really questioning my existence in life. I, mm. even though I had a daughter and um, I, yeah, I just didn't know where I was going. And I remember I, yeah, I would question what am I doing in life? What is my purpose? Why am I living? And to really a really hard point in my life. And so mm-hmm. there's a whole other story of how God was already working in my life for me to be able to accept this invitation that I was going to be receiving at 23. It's not a really long story, but I can share it some other time as well. However, I was, I remember I was in the kitchen uh, one day and my mom, she just came up to me and she said, Hey, I received this invitation to a retreat. I think you should go. I can take care of your daughter. She was seven months. And she mm. said, obviously I took care of you and you, you turned out okay. So she said, I will take care of her and I think you should go. And so, like I said, there's a whole other story, but I, at that moment, I didn't even think about it. I didn't know where I was going. I wasn't Catholic. I didn't consider myself Catholic. I did not believe in God. I, um, so I, like I said, I was baptized very young age and, and never really assisted church other than maybe like the big events, like a wedding or a funeral or something like that. And 
Um, so I said yes. And I didn't even know it was a Catholic retreat where I was going. And but my mom invited me because she had received this invitation and I really trusted her. And so so I, I decided and, and I went to this retreat of three days for Jovenes para Cristo. It's uh, Young Adults for Christ is the movement. And so I'm not going to say that in this retreat, I, I encountered Christ. But in this retreat, uh, I was introduced to Christ and uh, yeah. It was through the people that were sharing their stories, their witness stories, and kind of, you know, and then the way that the retreat is set up. And so I, I really was introduced to Christ and, and and most importantly to this community of, of individuals that seemed to care about me. And also in that retreat, one thing I always remember is they talked, obviously they talk about the sacraments and mm-hmm. one of the priests gave a talk on reconciliation. And after the his talk, he did say, right now you have an opportunity to receive that sacrament. And if you're not Catholic, he said, we can have a conversation. No, no big deal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's up to you. And so, like I said, I've always been this shy reserved person. I did not know what reconciliation was. I did not know if I could go and I was too embarrassed to ask. So I didn't even ask if I could, I just decided I, I was I, I was not allowed to receive confession or reconciliation. So I didn't. And so, but right after that retreat, I mean, I still, I had that hunger, that desire in my heart of receiving or even knowing. So I remember I came out of that retreat and I, I went to my mom and I said, mom, do I have my like sacraments? Like, am I allowed to go to confession? And she's like, yeah. She, she says, no, you did not want your, to receive your sacraments. So you never did. You're only baptized. And so I was like, well, are my brothers? She's like, yes. And so I was really confused. Like, Perfect. Why, didn't yeah. you, why didn't you push me to go get my sacraments? But, but interesting enough, I mean, we all know that God works in amazing ways and God had a mm-hmm. perfect plan for me. And so actually the weekend right after the retreat, I was sitting in mass and this guy at the end of the mass, like this is a Spanish mass. And so the guy that gets up and gives the announcements, which is, uh, it turns out to be, he was, um, Deacon Gregorio Lizalde, but he wasn't Deacon back then, but he's giving Mm -hmm. the announcements and he says, if you're an adult and you want to receive your sacraments, pick up a bulletin at the end of the mass and there you'll (laughs) find more information. And so I remember that day very clearly, I was standing up in that pew and, my heart was pounding and my, it wanted to leave my chest and I wanted to get that bulletin so that I could receive my sacraments. And yeah, that it was a very, a very beautiful uh, start of the faith for me, a a very beautiful journey of just having, you know, people there. And, um, and then with, with Hovenes, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but with Hovenes, there's a second retreat as well. And actually in that retreat was where I first encountered Christ personally. And that was when I, I was committed and I said, you know, I, I want to walk with Jesus and I want my life to be different and I want to help others' lives be different. And so um, with ups and downs, but that was the retreat that really I had my first encounter with Jesus. Wow. Myrna, I just like, I mean, my, uh, you know, my, my heart is full and my head is spinning. There's so many beautiful things in, in your story. I mean, I'm just, I'm very moved as you talk about uh, just your youth. And the anecdote of like, yeah, so when I was 13, we decided, well, I don't know, let's try Turkey. It's just like, that's just, I mean, thank you for that. That is so illustrative, I think, of the, yeah, just of, of the challenge. I mean, I, I'm wondering if my immigrant German ancestors had a similar moment, you know, 
mm-hmm. obviously would, would have been a, a, a lot longer ago. And they're like, well, I don't know. Can we have sauerkraut on Thanksgiving? <laughs> or, you know, I mean, just right. like that. Yeah, just a, yeah, that's really a, just a, a fantastic illustration. You talk about this, this beautiful retreat moment, right? Where you're, you have this experience of a community who's that's welcoming you. You're feeling like you belong. You're hearing about the Lord. It clearly isn't like this conversion moment. And sometimes, you know, language can be, you know, sometimes I think we use the words encounter and we we use it synonymous with conversion. But at least if I'm hearing you right, and I know my own story, the Lord showed up and I had all sorts of encounters, but it took a few before I was willing to say yes, and, and and that actually an encounter became a conversion. Talk to us a little bit about that second retreat and, and what happened there. Yeah, yep. So like I said, um, my first retreat, I was really... I, my whole life, I did not pray to God. I did not, you know, I, I shared this with one of the youth groups, um, retreats where I was, uh, sharing my witness story. And I said, you know, sometimes people have bad days and they just say like, Oh God, not again. And I would have a bad day. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, Oh God, I did not believe in God at all. And, uh, you know, I was just, I would blame myself all the time. I would just say, Oh, you're so stupid. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. um, it, it would always be just, just me in this, in this world. And, um, in, in my, in my own little mind. And so, um, yeah, this first retreat really just helped me to, to understand that there was something else and that the, that these individuals, like they shared their stories and they were in a very bad place in their life and they had met Christ and then their life had completely changed with, mm. with still ups and downs, but it, it was different. And so I had yeah, that they, desire. They weren't alone yes. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had that desire after that first retreat. And I know that part of God's plan in between the first and the second retreat was to use individuals in the community where I had already built that trust and they intentionally invited me to different activities to participate like they in a play to participate in the choir to participate in like a dance mm-hmm. a dance routine for like the festival and so I I think through those opportunities, I was able to stay and walk with them, Mm -hmm. even though I fully did not understand what was happening at that time. And so then when I was invited to the second retreat and I, I accepted the invitation in this retreat, it was just more of, okay, Jesus, like, I, I believe in you. Like, I, I, I know you mm-hmm. exist, but do you exist in my life? And so it was a lot of that in that second retreat, the, the praying personal prayer, and then the, the communal prayer where, um, just guided prayer. And, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of what was helping me in that retreat was understanding where, um, Jesus was in, in my own personal life. And, and then just being able to directly pray to him. Yeah, there's a couple of moments that I I remember from that second retreat, but the one moment that I, I truly remember was in a, in a talk and I, I don't know what talk it was, but I, I know they had a time invitation for, for just prayer and it was a guided prayer. And so in that moment, they were asking just Holy spirit, bring forth your, your, um, the fruit and bring forth like the charismas and, and everything to, to these individuals. And so through my head, a lot of the things that were going in that moment, or I was thinking in that moment was I was 23. And so I, you know, -hmm. I was thinking there's a lot of young individuals that don't know Christ that don't know that he exists. And I had this big desire of 
helping. So I would think of yeah. my friends, you know, my college friends, my high school friends, and I would think of what we were doing every weekend and what we, how our friendships were in those moments. And so I was just thinking like, that's not, that's not what's going to fulfill our happiness. And so I just, I, in that prayer, I started crying and I, the only thing I could pray about was God, please use me so that I can help in a way youth and I can bring you to, to the community uh, through my life and through, through you doing things through me. And so, yeah, I vividly remember that moment. And I, I, I feel like that, that was really, like you said, like kind of like the, the conversion where it, process where I was, uh, I was like, you know, God, I I'm ready and I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And so just help me. Gosh, Myrna, that's so, as you share that story, I'm, I'm, uh, drawn back. There's a number of kind of commentators, uh, some are theologians, some are just, you know, people on the ground who've recognized that there's this movement that people, right, who tend to be far away from God tend to, to go through. And that's, there's this process of belonging, which leads to believing, which then leads to behaving. And they, and they said that sometimes when the church gets interiorly focused, we confuse those and we get them out of order, right? And we say, well, if you believe what we believe and act like we act, then you can be a member of our community. Right. And so we get it backwards. Like we turn ourselves into a, into a sorority where it's like, okay, if, right. If, if you behave like us and you believe like us, then, you know, then you can be one of us and the gospel and, and Christianity in the church, it goes the other way. You, you felt this belonging clearly before you totally believed, right. Or before your conversion was set. And even as you're experiencing this conversion, you're like, oh, wow, there's some parts of my life and my friend's lives that needs to be different. And, and it was right. It was your faith while well, your first year sense of belonging, which gave space for your faith to grow. And it was that faith that then changed the way you were living and interacting with your friends, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's, I think um, sometimes we forget that it's all going to be through the Holy Spirit and um, we want so much for an individual to experience or to mm -hmm. believe. And, and sometimes we just have to just accept the individual, how they are in the stage that they're, they are in, in their faith and, um, and kind of just, first of all, uh, have that that relationship with them. And, and yeah. like I said, like be non-judgmental non and accept them how they are. And then slowly the Holy spirit will work so that they can feel that, like you said, that through that process of first belonging and, and then their faith and then, and then they can um, do it themselves. They can act, act yeah. in, in something that they believe in. Talk a little bit, like, how did that show up uh, in your story, like I'm pretty sure you said, you know, these invitations to help, uh, invitations you know, like for the traditional dances. I'm assuming part of right, like the interview process wasn't like a sobriety check and like you know a morality checklist. It's like, well, if you want to dance with us, you need to. <laughs> I mean, you there were parts of your life that weren't conformed to Christ, and you were still being welcomed into this community, right? And I, I'm assuming that wasn't hidden. It's not like probably wasn't public, but it's not like those parts of your life were probably a great secret. Right. Right. No. And so I think that was, like I said, um, I think if it wasn't for those like invitations of just where I received that sense of belonging, if I would have not had those, I don't think honestly, if I would have continued in, yeah. in, in my faith and, and gone to that second retreat and, um, yeah, they, they accepted me how I was. And I felt like they just truly cared 
for me as a person. And they were just, um, yeah, I think there was a group of us that were kind of like the younger individuals that had lived this first retreat. And so a bunch of, you know, we, we kind of walked together through, um, through these activities and through, um, the process I I could say, but, um, well, I mean, it it was a a process and we want to talk more about that, but now, you know, in, in retrospect and having an opportunity to be a leader, you can see that there's, there's an, there was an intentional effort on the part of the community to make space for you and these other friends to grow as disciples. But let's, let's pick off where, where pick up where you left off. You say, okay. So after the second retreat, you're like, okay, Lord, yes, <laughs> I want to, I, I want you to use me in the lives of my friends. What, what did he do with that? Yes. Yeah. So I don't remember dates exactly, but I do know in our community in Norfolk, we had a, a sister Hilda, I believe she was mm-hmm. new to the the Spanish community. And so she would come and observe a lot of just kind of Spanish masses and um, different activities. And so uh, she wanted to work uh, with both the Anglo and the Hispanic in, a, in mm-hmm. a, a way that I think she she was really following the Holy Spirit. And so she she started first called different individuals and then we would have meetings. And then she kind of started these small ministries within the church. And mm. so it wasn't a group and she would call different people from different groups and they didn't have to belong to a group. And so um, one of the groups that or the ministries that was created was the, the youth group or the youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, I don't remember exactly, but I think I was not even at the meeting and they nominated me to be the coordinator for this youth ministry. <laughs> it's very easy to, yeah, to assume leadership when you're not there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so then when I came back to the, the, like the second meeting, they were like, oh yeah, you're, you know, you're part of this ministry. And so then we worked with, there was um, maybe six, seven of us that, like I said, it was about the same individuals that we had been in this, um, these same like activities, like the dances, the play. And we kind of just worked um, to, to just gather with the youth. We had, I remember we had like a bonfire night. We had a movie night. Um, I mean, we would just hang out and that we would have meetings and that was the very first. So this was, maybe a year and a half when I had after like Hovenus. And so, mm-hmm. so I was learning a lot of like my leadership skills while I was yeah. on, like on the job. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, like even I, I remember like, this is out of the topic, but even like leading a meeting, I remember. So I started my very first meeting, I would start and ask everybody, what do you think? Like, what are your opinions? And so I would just go around like the six of us and we were some, some would take more time than others. And so I remember, so my husband, who uh, back then he was not my husband, but we had met there. And so he was one of the ones that he said, you know, if you continue doing that, we're going to be in this meeting for a very long time. And so he kind of, <laughs> he organized it in a way. So it was just more like, how about, you know, outline what is the first goal, the second goal. And so, oh, no, um, so yeah, I do remember working with, with youth and, um, and unfortunately we did not uh, continue when she left with those ministries, but we mm-hmm. did. Um, I mean, I learned a lot and, and I'm sure God worked in the way that he wanted to work while those existed. Yeah. I mean, he took you up on your yes. <laughs> right. And immediately through sister Hilda, right. God bless her. Like mm-hmm. uh, took you up on that. Uh, Myrna, let's talk a little bit more about the movement itself. 
because I love these movements within the church. And I think, again, I'm, I'm with uh, Father Mallon that so often people have such a profound experience with the Lord and with the church that, uh, sad to say, it, their experience with the Lord in these movements is so profound, and it's so contrary to their experience of uh, the church in their parish, in their parish community. I don't think the secret sauce and, and what's happening in these movements is only possible in that context. It'll look different, of course, in a parish context, but I think some of what happens in these movements can be translated into a parish community. So I want to kind of break it down a, a, a little bit. You know, we've talked again before we we kind of turn on the record button that there's these these stages, often marked by special moments in in retreats where people can grow in these movements. Talk a little bit about how people are formed in the habits and knowledge of discipleship uh, in in the movements. You know, let's say someone freshly comes off of a retreat where they have given themselves to the Lord, what happens next? How do they grow as a disciple? Yeah. So after the first retreat, everybody is invited back to, to this gathering. Mm -hmm. And of course we have food and, and we hang out and there's music. Um, and so basically, again, just kind of that opportunity of continuing on the relationship building. And so um, again, this, that allowing uh, that sense of belonging for these individuals that just yeah. lived the retreat. So then right after the retreat as well, we have these uh, strategic, strategically planned meetings. So we meet every Sunday after mm -hmm. the retreat and we share another talk. The individual that shares the talk obviously shows, shares a witness story as mm -hmm. well. The same thing that they lived in the retreat continues every on a weekly basis. Um, we yeah. always have we always have uh, worship music, and we um, most of the time have food. And so that I think that just kind of you know breaks the ice a little bit. It's just more of that casual. Um, you're, you're here to just just listen and and hang out. And so yeah. we, we do have that every week. And I think that's, that's kind of that first opportunity for an individual to grow um, as a discipleship is just that you are still continue. It's a lot of the times I know we have a really big experience, like on a weekend, and then we go back to like our regular life on a Monday. And then it's like, you forget about that whole experience. Yeah. Little by well, little. it's such a different context, right? right. My Monday through right. Friday life and this retreat experience. Right. Right. And yeah. so we, we, I guess, I feel that the Sunday uh, meetings, they help um, kind of to, to still feel that it's, you know, it's still there. And then yeah. um, I, I think that really helps. And then also, um, like I said, in Hovenes for the first year, there's actually four retreats that the individual is invited to. And it's a, Hovenes is structured in a way that it's a three-year formation mm -hmm. and each year has four different retreats. And so it just kind of goes up level by level. So I would say the first year is all about introduction to, you know, so that you can have the opportunity mm -hmm. to meet Jesus and and then uh, learn more theology and, you know, just uh, grow in, in that way right. and, and learning. Like, yeah. What does it mean to be a disciple? 
Right. And so yeah. then the second year, uh, you get placed in a ministry. So you can, you're part of the team now, the leading team. And so you, mm-hmm. you, now you help plan that retreat for somebody else. And so you grow in that, in that way as well. Um, you might even be a leader of the ministry, whether it's like the kitchen team, right. the, the music team. And so you, you know, you are now placed in that role of learning to be a leader, learning to be continuing in that discipleship growth. And so we, as well in Hovenus, we are very blessed and, and there's, there's, um, let's see, I think there's six, seven communities in, in the archdiocese of Omaha. Like we have, mm-hmm. um, Omaha, Fremont, Schuyler, uh, Sioux city, uh, Columbus, West Point, Norfolk. And so, um, sometimes we live these second year, third year retreats together. And so we get to meet, you know, individuals that we would generally never meet if we, if yeah. it wasn't for Hovenus. And so you, you feel like you're even, you belong to even a greater community with just, yeah. Um, different individuals of, of different towns, but, um, in Norfolk, yeah, we're very blessed to have this, our holy hour where we have exposition of the blessed sacrament and we have a communal prayer as well every week. And then like, there's that praise and worship music. And sometimes even thanks to the priests, um, that they offer reconciliation as well every week during that yeah. holy hour. And so again, everybody is invited and it's just kind of, we try to have that, like the invitation part of, mm-hmm. of inviting them to the Sunday gathering, inviting them to the holy hour, um, that that's just part of the, like it's, it's part of the package. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, we, I mean, that's, that's the, the intentionality behind of, of inviting them to continue through their journey so that they can grow as that discipleship. Yeah. I love that you, you said that, right. That's the, like kind of the intentional part because earlier it caught my attention. You used the word like strategically placed, right. The gatherings that are, that are kind of following these, these Sunday gatherings that are following up. I think sometimes, and I, right. I want to just like take a little tangent and speak to some of our, you know, some of our listeners that feel a little bit of the scandal or the tension around balancing something that's natural, something that's based in relationships, that's, you know, sometimes we use the word organic, but just something that is just, it's just free, it's natural, it's, you know, the spirit's kind of leading it. Sometimes it feels like there's a tension between that and being strategic and being intentional. And I I just love the way you, I think it's a false dichotomy because the way you tell your story, it's perfectly natural, it's perfectly relational, it's led by the spirit, but there's an intentionality and a strategic element where, I mean, it doesn't, right? Just as you share your own story, when the Lord moves powerfully on a weekend and Monday morning you wake up and you go back to the same job, we know that, that people who are fresh in, off an encounter or a moment of conversion need repetition and, and they need to come back to those moments, to those messages, to that community so that the grace that they're offered doesn't get stolen away by, by the enemy. And I just love the, yeah, the, the intentionality and the strategically placed moments that at the same time are just perfectly relational. So I, I love that. Thank you. Right. Yeah, no, you're welcome. I, there's a difference between when you're that first year, you know, you're the one that's invited to the retreat and then there's now you're like the leader and now yeah. you really know, you know, the formation, you know, the retreats and you know, you know how it's set up and, you know, there's, there's a big difference there. And so obviously, yeah, I, I feel as, as humans, I think I, I did listen a little bit to the <laughs> last podcast, but I know you guys talked a little bit about that as well, as far as um that difference between how sometimes like 
it might feel like you're using someone because it's, is it, is it genuine, like genuine? Yeah. Like, is it, is it really coming out as just like the Holy spirit leading me or is it something that I'm forcing or, you know, I, I, yeah. I know that's a, that's a tough conversation to have. And, and I think as humans, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult for us. That's where we have to come out of our comfort zone. And, 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 right. you know, that's, that's what God is calling us to do. So sometimes it's not, fake it until you make it type thing, but it's just really trusting the Lord that he is, is guiding you to do this. Even if it, if it doesn't feel right when you're doing right. it, like if it might not feel normal because it's like, you're kind of creating a new habit in your life. And so yeah. I, I have a, a, an example of just recently when I invited one, an individual. So I work for Schwartz Farms uh, in the human resources department, and I work a lot with international recruitment. And so mm. sometimes I'm the first point of contact for an individual coming from Mexico to the United States for the first time. So they come on a professional visa to work in the United States for, for some time. And so I, I get to meet them, you know, right, right as soon as they, they land in the United States and then kind of guide them through their community, show them around. And so, you know, I, I built that trust without intentionally doing it. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. being me and we talk on the way from Omaha to Lee or wherever they're going to be living. And we kind of share a lot of deep stories in the, on the way I, I never turn on the radio. I'm not a person that likes to listen to the radio anyway. And so I, I kind of, I built a relationship with these individuals. And so, um, what there's a, a, a gal that we just kind of, you know, continued our, our conversations. Um, and I continued to invite her to just, um, you know, hang out. And I prayed a lot um, for her. I just, some of the things that she had shared when we mm. first met, I just, um, I, I really prayed for her. And so in my mind, sometimes I would feel, and I would pray about it. I would say, God, I really want to invite her to this retreat, but at the same time, I don't want her to feel, you know, like I'm, I'm pushing something on her or I'm just, yeah. you know, I, yeah, it was just, it's, it's a, it's a difficult situation sometimes in your own mind, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, but I remember, yep. Yeah, so we kind of built this friendship before the the retreat. And so when I invited her to the retreat and she accepted, because I, you know, I said, I can even pick you up. I'm going and, and she had met my kids, my husband. And so she, she thought it was like a family event. She's like, yeah. when we got there, she's like, Where, where's your kids? And I go, no, <laughs> no, my kids aren't going to be here. But so, I mean, it was just very casual and it was just, it was just like, we're doing something together as, as, a, as friends. And on that Sunday, um, she was invited to just say something if she was, if she felt comfortable. And, and one of the things she said was, I'm so thankful that Myrna invited me to this retreat because I've met amazing people here and it's been an, an amazing weekend for her. And so there, I know I, I really felt in my heart. I said, we feel, it feels awkward. It feels awkward, just intentionally growing that relationship and mm. then inviting them to like a spiritual retreat. But um, after all, it's the Lord that, that works. And, and, and he did. And I mean, I think that's just a, an example yeah. of, of many things. And sometimes we don't, we don't find out at, you know, that final, right. how, how God used us in, in that specific yeah. situation. I mean, I, I was so blessed to be able to hear that because 
I, I thought I, I was, I was kind of doubting, you know, do I invite her? Is she ready? Am yeah. I ready? <laughs> and so, well, and what a gift. I, I mean, I love that you talked about like, you know, like the battle is kind of in my head. Oh, is this too soon? Am I being pushy or whatever? And you were given this clear grace where, right. She's like, no, thank you. It was just the right time. Like, thank you for inviting me. And I, I mean, I think some of it is, I think we fall into this trap uh, where we imagine we have to have our motives perfectly pure and our timing perfectly right uh, in order to be used by God. And I think he's determined to purify us in our going, right? As, as we begin to step out and serve, he continues to purify us and guide us and sync synchronize our sense of timing with his sense of timing. But it's not like he gets us all, all perfectly set up and then he sends us out. He sends us out right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. So Myrna, I love, I want to give you a chance here. Any closing thoughts? And I'm thinking in particular for individuals who are listening to, to your story, they're like, God, I want that. You know, I want to, to find a community that I can draw people into. I want to be a part of a community like that. I want to, you know, I, I want to experience my faith this way. What would you say to someone who, who's feeling that? Yeah, I think the main part or the main thing that we would be focusing on is just really first having our personal life with our, with our Lord of knowing what we're being called to. If we don't know our mission in life, we don't know our purpose in life. Um, we're going to be very lost and, um, we we're always going to wonder how, what, what are we supposed to be doing or, or what is he calling us to do? Um, when we realize that God really, I mean, he, he loves, he loves you. He loves us just the way that we are with all of our flaws and all of our imperfections. And so to just try to accept individuals in their life, how they are currently, um, you know, mm -hmm. we all have, we all have different lives. And so kind of just being open you know, being open to the Lord always as yeah. well in the Holy Spirit and, and basically not overthinking. I think a lot of the times we, we overthink of, so what's the process or what's the next step? And I don't know, I think in my, like I I've shared in my own experience is just a lot of community, a lot of just mm -hmm. feeling like, feeling like you have someone feeling like you have a friend. And, and I think it comes down to that, you know, that's what Jesus wants from us is to see him as a friend, see him that he's there for us. And so that's what he wants within us, within the communities is that mm -hmm. to have each other and really everything else just falls in place. When, when we ask the Lord to, to work, like even praying together and the sharing a meal or talking about struggles in life, I think um, it all falls in place if we are just open to living the life that Jesus really wants us to live. And I, that's what I can share. And yeah. from my experience, I'm not an expert, but I, <laughs> I can share that from my experience. It just, it just really helps to, to just be open to work and in the Holy Spirit. And I, I know now in, in this, um, I I'm working in the formation team for Hoveness and the leadership team. And I think a lot of individuals even struggle with just sharing their, mm -hmm. like their own experiences, struggle with even, um, like they, that just the nervousness of I'm talking to someone that I never met or, or how, you know, that, that leaving their comfort zone, like doing something mm -hmm. that they've never done before. And so sometimes even individuals that, I mean, I, I think back and 
everybody has their own different experiences. Some have had like this strong encounter and then their life has changed. Others have been raised Catholic their whole life. And then they have this process of conversion. And so it's just, uh, you know, even if somebody that has known the, the Lord their whole life, they still struggle through there's that, that point where we're all going to struggle, where I'm going to have to do something different and mm-hmm. I'm going to have to let go. I'm going to have to trust in the Lord to, to help me, help me do mm-hmm. d- direct me in, in the way that he wants us to, to work. And so um, I think, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of building trust with Jesus and, yeah. and being open to him. Yeah. I love, thank you, Berna. I love, I love that. Right. I mean, invite the, like, let the Lord be the friend <laughs> he wants to be and let him provide a community. And sometimes letting him provide a community means a little bit of that going outside of our comfort zones right. and drawing other people to, you know, to ourselves around, around a question. Uh, again, I love, I love these, these movements because they're, there's just gatherings of individuals who love the Lord, who feel a call to mission to others. And there's just some clarity, right? Like people in the movement, they know where and how these places, these retreats where, where, where people are going to experience conversion. Uh, they know where uh, people are going to be built up in their faith, where they're going to be called and equipped for leadership. They know how new people enter. It's such a beautiful, um, again, the intentionality and the community such a beautiful thing. I, I feel like we could talk all day. So maybe we'll have to do a, a part, a part two here. Cause I really appreciate, appreciate your story. No, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for this opportunity. And yeah, I really hope that God is working in, in hearts of the listeners and yeah, again, yeah. thank you. So everybody, if this has been a blessing for you, uh, you know how to do this, right? Share this out, take a moment, hit pause on your phone, uh, whether you're using, you know, Apple or uh, Android, like share this out on whatever your preferred podcasting platform is. But share this out uh, to some friends who who need that encouragement. And uh, thanks for listening, Myrna. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you.